Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. Welcome to today's episode, everybody. Today's guest is really someone that has really been a force in the contemporary jazz world. He's a writer, producer, and performer who he's been nominated for multiple Grammys. By my count, he has some 15 number one hits to his credit. There's probably more than that now. He's collaborated with some of the top artists in smooth jazz, including Mesa, Gerald Albright, Najee, Will Downing, and Rick Braun, to name a few. He studied classical composition at Yale, served in the Marine Corps, and lately we've been fortunate to enjoy him stepping out front and making more and more of his own music. Please welcome to the show today, Mr. Chris Big Dog Davis. Welcome, Chris. Yo, yo, yo. What, what's going on, my brother? Hey, man. It's good to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for taking time. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So I got to start by asking, where did the nickname Big Dog come from? Well, Big Dog, 6'3", 285, so it's a big dog. That's Marine Corps. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. <laughs> so that name's been with you for a while, huh? Yeah, yeah, man. I started off pumping that iron around, like, 18, before I went into service. Uh-huh. Know, me and my cousin, Robert Shannon, went in together, so I had to put little weight on you okay. know what i mean before i went in so i just been keeping it up through the years off and on okay yeah. okay okay well, when you were in the marines where did you serve when you were in the marines were you well, all over the uh, place I, I was boot camp in paris island south carolina okay uh, jarhead down there and then i did what they call med cruise i did two of those and those are cruises where united states marines and the navy hook up and we go protect other countries. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I was over in Greece, Norway. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That had to be an interesting experience for you. Yeah, it was it was much different. I went in when I was like I think twenty years old. So from four to twenty I was just in church. Yeah. I was the organist and going to piano lessons. Okay. From four to I was like twenty. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I went in Marine Corps. So when you went into the Marine Corps, was it always your plan that after the Marines to get back into music or were you just not, were you not sure quite yet what you wanted to do? Wasn't sure. Okay. I wanted to do something different because for 16 years, it was just music. Yeah, yeah. You got to do this, play the church, you got to get up, you got to go to school, piano lessons. So I wanted to become a teenager. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I thought I missed out on a lot of that being a teenager from like eight i still had my fun but yeah <laughs> yeah i had to go do something that was benefit something more stable in life yeah the marine corps kind of shake me up a little bit okay okay yeah that's not an easy decision to become a marine that's like of all the branches of the service i hear that is probably the toughest go of all of the branches of the service well yeah man i didn't know that yeah, I yeah, got yeah. In. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my cousin thought we'd just go up in there. So uh-huh. I, I figured out, they're like, yeah, you chose the worst one, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was even more discipline on yeah. my life. Yeah. Yeah. How has yeah, that man. impacted what you do now as a producer and a songwriter and a musician? Just discipline. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I already had discipline at an early age, mm-hmm. but they just put the icing on the cake for me as far as 
discipline and short-term goals, long-term goals, all hands on deck. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. All right. So with all the success, Chris, you've had as a songwriter and as a producer, what is it that's driving you to make your own music? You've been putting out more and more of your own music. It seems like more frequently lately, right? So what's driving that? Well, the tide, the music industry, but changes. Yeah. Even in this little small genre we do, you know, this pop and everything, the big songs and everything, but even in this genre, the tide changes. Mm-hmm. So my goal was first just to produce people mm-hmm. that I love their music. So I thought it was so exciting to dream of that, to yeah. produce people. Phil Perry and yeah. Will Downing, because I used to play with them. So it, man, it was a dream of mine to produce them. So yeah. I, I mean, I have did that. So you keep moving, keep going on, mm-hmm. you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's every day I just keep going up and then, you, you know, and things change and then you have to open up your own thing. Even Quincy did this too, as even as a producer, uh-huh. they put an album or their music together, Yeah, you know, what they really like to do, something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. What was your first big hit as a producer? I don't know if I had big hits. I don't know what that is. I'd be in the Bahamas if I had a big hit. (laughs) (laughs) On the beach, it'd be like, yo, big dog got that big hit out there. Yeah, I'm on sipping some lemonade. For me, of my own words, the song I did, It's All Love, featuring Dave Cos. Yeah, yeah. That that did very good for me. Mm -hmm. That was on my focus record. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. How do you go about deciding on like who you want to work with and what projects are of interest to you? What's the criteria you use to decide that? Man, at first, brother, it was anybody who comes. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. 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 I wanted everything. Yeah. Whoever. Now you get more of an understanding of the artists and stuff. So. I'm still at that point where I'm just going to pick and choose and stuff. Someone get a hold of me, I'm down to go through yeah, it. You okay. know what I mean? So it's all good. I ain't that, no, well, I don't know if I'm one of work. Nah, I'm always open. Yeah. 7-Eleven, I'm okay. always open. Okay, all right, all 20, right. 24 hours. 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so how many projects are you working on at any one time? Oh, man, it can be all types of stuff, man. I've just finished mixing up Marsha Majay. Oh, yeah. She has a new single coming out, man. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. My man, Toons, he got the song out called Sensual. Okay. Northwood Toons. I wrote that. And, and then I've been working on a documentary for the Pequot Indians up here. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they having their 25th anniversary. In August, and I'm composing actually the music for it. So that sounds interesting. That's been very, very exciting for me. Yeah. So I had to go up there to the museum, uh-huh. and it was like a, a four or five hour meeting where they walk you through because they want you to understand. Even yeah. from my music point, I had to go through their history uh-huh. uh, of how. For them, it all began, man. It's just absolutely 
Very interesting, man. Yeah, yeah. It's all races have an interesting story to me. Yeah, that's very true, and that's got to be really an honor to do a project like that. I would assume, right? Yes, I, I love scoring films. I've been doing that for a while, and it puts on a different character. Yeah, or how you compose music. No doubt, no doubt. So, talk to us about your process. How does it begin for you? Like the process of creating a song or creating a score. Yeah, it's like 4.30 a.m., wake up, <laughs> uh-huh. okay? I sit around and get myself ready, 5.30. I'm out the door, I got to go hit that gym. I make myself feel good, get my endorphins rolling. Yeah. I go eat breakfast, and then I come into the helm, man. Okay, okay. And okay. then I go from there. But it's interesting, people always ask, so how you get there? So there's a lot of categories of like during my day and what uh-huh. I do. I would say I watch a lot of TV. I watch a lot of movies. I'm like a current event guy. Okay. I watch this stuff for a reason of my process in music. Uh-huh. I gather everything, new movies. Uh-huh. I watch the movie, but I'm listening to the score uh-huh. of the movie. When I watch commercials, I'm always listening to the music. And so it's everything. So whatever project I'm working on, my whole life and what I'm seeing on TV or whatever is involved in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what, are, what would you say are the different sensitivities you need to bring to the table as a songwriter versus a producer versus an artist? Well, they all are different. Sometimes there's three people in a room back in the day that's how they used to do it mm-hmm. they have songwriter producer and then they're going to get the musicians mm-hmm. nowadays everything you do me i do everything myself yeah yeah i wish it wasn't that way mm-hmm. but unfortunately that's the way it is god bless his soul true story my man Nick Colleone. Yes. I had like, I don't know, I think six number ones, six or seven number ones with Nick. Uh-huh. All the records we did, even his last one, I'm on, I think I did like four or five songs up there on this last one he did. Just like that. Yeah. We was never in the same place in the studio when we recorded. Okay. Never. He was always in Chicago. I'm here. And I go, hey, man, just send me the files. Yeah. So today's recording and vibing in studios is such a different. Most Mm -hmm. of the artists that I produce, I don't see them. Okay. Is is that purely economics? Yeah, it's everything. It's the music business. It's the category we're in that people don't have for their budget and most smooth jazz artists. It's usually funding their projects themselves. Yeah. Like yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. have no record company. Yeah. So to go fly to Connecticut or LA for another producer, nah, man. Yeah. Just send that joint through the email. Yeah. <laughs> Understand. And and they go, hey, big dog, just hook it up, man. You know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> but even though you may not be working together, you're working with so many different people. What is it about? Everybody can't do that, right? It's different. You know what I'm saying? It's a difference. To, to me, Like it's my thought process. And for me, I've always been saying this. I'm like, I want to be like, I'm more of like a P. Diddy in smooth jazz. Okay. How he did it in the 90s. Uh-huh. That's my type of thing. It brings a little flair 
It's got a little swag to it uh-huh. musically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it just makes it a little different and it makes it appealing. Yeah. Of how I produce and what I'm trying to say out there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good, man. Well, let's take a listen to to some of your music, man. You did this song recently, Quiet Storm, man. Tell us about how that storm song came to be. Oh, man. I had the song in my record, which has, it hasn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. But it was called After the storm okay and i got rick braun up there and everything you guys never heard it because i never put it out okay, <laughs> okay. that's another thing with me i put whole songs together and then i give them away oh wow artists. wow <laughs> and i'd be like yeah this is gonna go on my record that's how i think and then uh-huh. I, I give them away to the artist but anyway i had the song called after the storm and i had put a post up and a good friend of mine actually singer and also the guy that's on Quiet Song, Lamone Andrews. Uh-huh. He's from Waterbury, actually a great singer. He called me. He said, hey, man, I heard that after the storm. He said, have you ever heard a quiet storm? I said, quiet storm? I was like, I can't say I have. He said, man, it's a Smokey Robinson song. Yeah. He said, go check it out. So I checked it out. <laughs> and I was like. Yeah, so I actually put him up there. That's him on vocals. Okay. And my good friend Najee came mm-hmm. and blessed me with that. So, yeah, man, we love Quiet Storm. It was, uh, once I read up on the history of it, it was absolutely incredible from down there in Howard, W-H-U-R. Yeah. To start the whole thing. And then I remember WBLS had the Quiet Storm. A lot mm-hmm. of radio stations. They sure did. Some still do today. Yeah. Quiet Storm. Well, let's take a listen to your song, Quiet Storm.
All right, everybody, that was Chris Big Dog Davis with his hit, Quiet Storm. So, Chris, you spent your early years doing music, went to the Marines. When you got out of the Marines, like, did you know then that you wanted to go back to music, or were you considering other things to do career-wise? Or That's a very great question. When I got in the Marine Corps, I ran to music. You did? Okay, okay. <laughs> yes. I was like, there's nothing else that I'm going to do yeah. but music. Now, okay. that's easy to say, but now you got to make the way. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's a whole different animal. I had to come home and go to work. Mm-hmm. I was married then with kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to do music, but life says you got to go to work. Music ain't that. Music ain't paying that. That's why I'm saying it's even with all the gifts and the genius. You know what I learned in life? Huh. Man, if you don't pay your light bill, they're going to turn it off. Yeah, they completely. are. That is true. That I don't care true. who you are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It don't matter. Well, he's a great producer. He's a genius. I'm like, yeah, right. Don't pay your light bill and see what happens. Right. So I had to pay the light bill. I had to keep food and shelter over my family heads. Yeah. I went to work. I became a security guard. Okay. That's what I did. Okay. Yeah. Once I got out of the Marine Corps. Yeah. I think that's one thing that I'm glad you're sharing that because I've talked to so many musicians. Everybody has a story, right? But I don't think people really understand how much you guys sacrifice to follow your dreams. Yeah. The dream thing is you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you're by yourself. People go, yes, I understand, but not really. When it comes to life, not the odds are it's like you're a great keyboard player, but we need milk for your kids. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So... Yeah, being good and great doesn't that doesn't evaluate at that point. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. musically back then, so this is like the '86. I got a Marine Corps like in '83, so like '84, '85. I was like, <laughs> I had to go to work. I had to go to work to feed my family. And then in '85, I went to Des Moines, Iowa. Mm-hmm. So I'm like. I'm sick of this. I'm like 20, well, I'm like 25. I'm like, I got to do something. So I moved out to the Midwest. My brother was out there in Des Moines, Iowa. And uh, yeah, man, when I went to Des Moines, Iowa, that's what got me here where I'm at today. Really? Really? So talk to us about how that happened. Like what happened in that journey from Des Moines to today? What was it? I learned a lot out mm-hmm. there musically okay it was like being in a college out there ah they took me underneath their wings okay so i mean so so yeah man i grew yeah it was it was like being in a, a franchise like the san antonio spurs or something mm-hmm. where you get to grow you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah. and they teach you all the things that you need to know so all this, what I'm doing now, is from Des Moines, Iowa. So I paid attention. It, did your brother have a band, or was your brother in the music no, business no, no. there, he, or how he, did that happen? No, he, no, he just knew me from I was a young boy. You okay. know, he like, man, this, this kid is good. You know, he wasn't in that room. He just knew about the talent. Okay. So his job, God bless his soul, he passed my oldest brother. 
his job was to set me up. He'll go to like a club where okay. a band is playing. And then he was like, yo, call my brother up. He can play. So I met my good friend. His name is Walter Chancellor in uh-huh. Des Moines, Iowa. A lot of guys. And Anderson, he was president and vice president for GRP. They, I think there's some Chicago. Big music back then. Smooth jazz. So we met a lot of people. And I got to learn what I do today. Meaning this guy, Bob Economac, me took me underneath his wings yeah, and just opened up a studio and let me see how all of this stuff worked from a technical point of view. Now, gotcha. I already had the talent, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But from the technical point of view. Uh-huh. So I gathered all of that information. And uh, yeah, I was in Des Moines. Then I came back home. I was out there like 10 to 12 years. I met an incredible guy. His name is Thad Bosley. Thad Bosley was a major league baseball player. He okay. Played for the, he played for the Chicago Cubs. Okay. He was good friends with Al Bell. Uh-huh. The Al Bell them had that song that came out with tag team called Whoop, There It Is. Oh, yeah. Sure. Right. That was a big hit. I was up in Chicago. And this guy, Thad Bosley, took me underneath his wings. So my path of music is very musical, it's technical, and also is political, meaning as I kept going, I kept learning about the business of the music industry. Well, man, you've had quite the journey and quite the ride, and we're glad that we've been able to experience it, man. How about we take a listen to another song of yours? And this one I know has some special meaning for you. Tell us about Are You Serious? Are you serious? Are you serious? That's a tribute to Mr. Shorter. Yeah. And when we was growing up, actually, when I was in Iowa, there's a college school called Drake around there. And they always had like a jazz music band. And I started really hearing this. So we used to play Spiral Jiva. We used to play Weather Report. And we always get stuck on weather report. And then we go do the research and go, man, who's that horn player? So we figure out that's Wayne Shorter. Mm-hmm. So I really, really got deep into him. Like, And then once you really get deep into Wayne Shorter, you kind of find out that his playing is incredible. Yeah, yeah. But he's an incredible composer. Yeah. That's why Miles Davis and all of them love it. His composing... His composing is off the charts. Uh-huh. So I really start listening to that. And I think it was like four years ago. Because I'm always, I call it putting beats together. I'm like Swiss beats. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm always putting beats together. And something come around, somebody needs something. Oh, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got this beat. So I started putting this thing together. And it wasn't even called Are You Serious? It was something called, I forget what it's called. And then when I heard that he passed, that was the first words that came out of my mouth. Yeah. I go, Are you serious? Huh. So that's why I said I'm going to name the song. Are you serious? So, yeah, man, I love this. And kudos to my man, Carl Cox on sax. He really brought it to life there. All right. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's take a listen to Are You Serious?
right, you just heard today's guest, Chris Big Dog Davis, with his song, his tribute to Wayne Shorter, Are You Serious? So, Chris, we have this segment that we do on each show. It's called Bout It or Doubt It. So if you're about it, it's something you like. If you doubt it, it's something you're not quite feeling. Can we get you to play the game with us? Yeah. All right, let's do it. <laughs> I started this body body. If you bought it, get them up. I mean you body body. That I mean you body. body. We say you body body. Uh, I represent. represent. I doubt it. All right, so Chris, we're going to spin the wheel. We're going to get you a category, and then we're going to ask you a couple of about it or doubt it questions, okay? Yeah. All right. All right, Chris, your category today is hobbies, okay? About it or doubt it, fishing. Doubt it. Doubt it. Not your thing, huh? Yeah, I don't do nothing but music. You don't do anything but <laughs> and, music. That's it, huh? And lift weights. And you know what else? My favorite, I love to eat. Okay. Ooh, okay. Wee. All right. Now, you got something with food. It's always <laughs> doubt it. Doubt it. I'm about it. You about the food, day. huh? Okay. About it. So, All day. So the weightlifting, do you hit the gym every day, huh? At 5.30, yeah. And sometimes it's three or four, three on, one off, two off. Oh, I went out 35. I mean, I was out there. I'd be 63. I ain't trying to hit that like that. Yeah. I got broken bones now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now it's just more of the endorphins and how I feel when I'm in, when I'm working. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I get that energy off me then. So I do it for more spirituality now. Gotcha. I got it. It's a routine, just like the Marine Corps. Yeah. I am so into a routine of life. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so your other hobby you said was food. So what are some of the favorites that make it on your menu on the regular? Everything, right? So it, it depends. So I do, like today, breakfast. I have like six egg whites. Okay. Right? With a nice, like a McGriddle. So I do the six eggs, then I go to McDonald's and get me a nice McGriddle. Because that's like my little pancake thing right there. So I hook that up. Then for lunch, I got chicken and brown rice. Okay. So I have that. And then for dinner, it's salmon with a, with a salad. And then also, I stick in there some Oreo cookies. See, that's why I'm a good boy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> right, now, do you cook? Do you cook yourself? Or? Nah, I ain't cooking. Nah, I ain't okay. got time to cook. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm uber love me, okay? <laughs> when I say I love food, my man, it's about, it's, I do about, $75 a day on food. Wow. Easy. Okay. With Uber. Yeah, man. Hey, it's real. I ain't moving. When I say I do music, That's I ain't it. going nowhere. Okay. All I do is go to the door and be like, here's your food. I'm like, all right, my man. All right. That's wow. Wow. See, <laughs> we learned something about you today. That... Yeah, I don't move. I'm kind of a focus. I like to, a couple years ago, I was out with Gerald. I used to play with Gerald. Uh-huh. Before I got here, where I can just sit home and produce, yeah, I had to go out and play so people can see me. You know what I mean? It'd be like, oh, man, yeah, I want to work with Big Dog. And it ain't over. I go out every once in a while. I do the Burks, the Women in Jazz. Yeah. I got a couple I got a couple shows coming up here. I'm doing the Brass City Jazz Festival. That's with my man, Al Taylor, uh-huh. from Waterbury. 
Yeah, and then around. I'm doing the Lyman Theater September 16th up here in Connecticut. That's with the Mesa, Phil Perry, and Marquel Jordan. Okay. Trying a couple of things where they can see me live, but not so much. Yeah. So when you're working, when you're producing people, like how important is it for you to have a personal connection with those people that you're working with? Is that important at all? Before it used to. Uh-huh. Now it's just like we on Zoom, man. We can sit there and be a big thought. Let me speak to you. Yeah, true, true. Zoom and everything just come in. So as I said, nowadays, a lot of people's not in the studio. Uh-huh. I know for me, I don't see any of them. I'm about to do Jasmine Gent. You know, oh, it, yeah. it, it's tough for people to fly up in hotel. Yeah, the smooth jazz is not that much. You know what I mean? We're not like R and B or pop mm-hmm. where you have the budget right. to do things like that. It's, it's tough. Yeah, you gotta do it the only way you can. And you, you know, like I said, it's budget. Regular people, not people signed with labels, but regular artists, they don't have no like three thousand dollars per song. Mm-hmm. Ain't got that. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be a song and it ain't going nowhere. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's tough. Yeah. So you have to have understanding. And that's what I do. Okay. I try to have understanding a lot. So that's why I, I get a lot of artists. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my fees ain't running up there like that because mm-hmm. I have understanding. Yeah. Because it's tough. It's yeah. real tough. Well, that's good, though. That's wise, though, that you're that way. I and mean, you understand it from their perspective because you're an artist as well. So yes, that, makes a, that makes a big difference, I can imagine. So, yeah. Chris, Chris, what advice would you give your 13-year-old self of life? Go for it. Mm-hmm. You, you know? Yeah. You don't have to be scared, but you got to be wise <laughs> about mm-hmm. it. Uh, you know? But, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Especially nowadays if it's your dream go go and do it yeah you, you know what i'm saying yeah I, I didn't have this dream i knew that i want to do music you know what i mean mm-hmm. i just once i got out of the marine corps i'm like ah yeah i need to play and when i got out of there because i didn't play the two years i was in there they didn't even know i was a keyboard player okay no okay okay they, they didn't care yeah. Like, just pick up that gun. I don't care about no keyboards. Yeah. So when I got out of there, I said, I'm going to be playing for the rest of my life. So Good. So I know you, when you are, when you get out and you do gigs, what goes into preparing for your gigs when you're out doing gigs? The production of a show, a big dog show, that's what I work on. And sometimes that's like two to three months. Oh. I'm working on the Brass City Jazz Festival. Mm-hmm. already and then i'm in atlanta with phil on september 9th okay and so i'm working putting that show together production and then the september 16th i'm working on that already so yeah man it's always music for me every day yeah, there's yeah. nothing else for me to do i do yeah. music yeah every day film i just just scored a film with incredible artist selena albright oh yeah sure yeah, we just did a film, and her husband, executive producer, of it, and they wrote it, and her and I scored the whole film, and we got a couple originals up there. She's singing, and the lead actor is Michael Collier. Okay. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, so it's called Tomato Soup. Huh. 
Okay, we'll have to yeah. look for that. When is that going to be out? I think uh, this month, she say, I okay. think, yeah. Oh, we'll have to take a look yeah. for that. We'll have to look for that. In the meantime, let's listen to one more of your collaborations. This is one, a well-known song that you and Janice Dempsey and Gerald Albright put a special twist on. Let's take a listen to Sailing.
Yes. All right. You just heard Sailing by Chris Big Dog Davis featuring Janice Dempsey and Gerald Albright. Chris, what made you decide to do that song? I love that song. Yeah. Listen, no one has heard that. You was the first one, brother. Yeah. And whoever you wow. whoever you listen. Yeah. Whoever, no kidding. It's, yes, it's not out. I ain't put that out yet. I loved it. But, when I listened to it, I was just like, wow, I love that song originally, Christopher Cross's version. But man, I yeah. love what you guys did with it. Oh, yeah, we all love that. That's why I did it. I was going to release that before Are You Serious? And then Wayne Shorter passed. So I was like, ah, I'm going to hold off on this. But that's coming like in August, okay. September. I love that, man. I love that song. I think a lot of other love people are going to be just like you and me. They're going to love I that know. song, too. I know. I put a snippet out on Facebook, and, man, it went crazy, all the comments and stuff. So I know what it's going to do. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to seeing what it's going to do because, like I said, when I heard it, I was just like, wow, I really like this. I really like this. So, well, congratulations. I'm looking forward to lots of success on that song. Man, as I said, you the first one. I haven't sent that to nobody. Well, I am honored, man. I am honored and, and blessed that and, you would share that with us. that listen to it when it comes on, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, man, I, yeah. that makes us feel special. We appreciate that, man. So it's there, all love, man. I have a couple questions I love to ask all of our guests. So one of them is, what would you say are your three favorite albums of all time? Well, all three of them is Stevie. Stevie, okay. <laughs> I can name them all, but yeah. oh, 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 I got to stick one in there. Stevie, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and George Duke. Ooh, okay. All right. Okay, any one of those albums, but those artists, those yeah. three right there, mm-hmm. that's Big Dog in a nutshell. Yeah, I get that, man. I, I've always been a huge Stevie fan. And yeah, man. like. And even and George Duke, I mean, his playing is just unreal. But like with Stevie, the lyrics to like like the art of being a lyricist, man, like Stevie was such a great lyricist, you know, and you don't hear that much anymore. No, it's a different time of music, different, as they say, poetic justice. It's just a different vibe right now. Yeah, no doubt. And then, so Chris, another one we ask is like, so you're having a dinner party and you can invite any three people to your dinner party. Who's coming to your dinner party? And I think I already know what might be on the menu, but tell us what would be on the menu. (laughs) Three people. So I like Denzel. Denzel Washington. Yeah. Obama's cool. Obama, Uh Obama. And bring Quincy. That, oh man. Oh. Yeah. Like those three right there? Yeah. That's love. I have a sense those three have probably hung out together already. But, you know, but that would be a cool time. That's a cool time right there, right? Oh, Denzel, man. Obama, and Quincy. Man. Oh, man. I'm going to have to crash that one, man. I'm going to have to crash that one. So what's on the menu? Oh, salmon. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen. They can put a little fried chicken up in there, man. There you go. I ain't mad. There you go. I ain't mad at there it. There you go. Right? There you go. I ain't mad. I ain't mad at that fried chicken, right? And I'm sure Quincy Obama and Denzel will get down with that a little bit. <laughs> with some fried chicken. And then you know what? Man, just go ahead and throw some barbecue up in there. Oh, there course. you go. I'm good. There you go. I'm crashing I'm for good. sure. I'm crashing for sure, man. <laughs> I'm crashing for sure. 
Well, Chris, man, I want to thank you, man, for taking time to talk to us today. It's been a real pleasure to get to know you. It's been a real pleasure to learn about your career and your music, man. Continue doing what you're doing, man, because you are helping to make a lot of our lives easier and smoother by helping us get that good music that we need, man. Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity and to share my music to the world. I appreciate y'all. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you today and much continued success, man. All right. Well, thank you so much, brother. All right. And be sure to get your tickets now for the 2023 Fresh Coast Jazz Festival, August 25th and 26th at the historic Pabst Theater in Milwaukee, featuring performances by guitar great Larry Carlton, Paul Brown, Rick Braun, Lynn Roundtree, Lindsey Webster, Julian Vaughn, Ollie Silk, and Jeff Ryan. For our information, visit FreshCoastJazz.com. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, freshcoastjazz.com, to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. Backstage.